Uh, hey, what's going on, good people? It's Gardner Douglas, your Oyster Ninja. I'm here with Mr. James Romain. Having a sit-down conversation with him because he's doing some great things for the Chesapeake Bay and the uh, industry in whole. And um, what's going on, man? How are you? Nothing much, man. It's a good day. Just got off the water. I went out uh, early fishing this morning with some friends. Nice, yeah. nice. Well, what, what's uh, what's running these days? Like, what's what are you catching? Uh, this morning we went to uh, Poplar Island and we're chasing some rockfish. So, okay, we got some good ones. So nice and it'll be a pretty good morning. Um, recently, I guess this weekend you had the um, the was it a boat show or something going on? Yep, that boat show in uh in Annapolis. So it's the power boat show. I think it's like the largest in water boat show, I think in the country. Um, but I was there with CCA recently. I've joined CCA as one of their interns. Um, so I was there with oyster filtration tanks, and we were building reef balls. So it was pretty cool. We had a um in the fish talk tent. We had a table with two oyster tanks, and we were building reef balls all weekend. So it was a cool event and cool to be a part of. The reef balls are basically this big concrete ball. Um, it, it weighs about two hundred fifty pounds. Um, and it's probably about knee high. Um, so they're basically when oysters are reproducing in the water column, they basically, the young oysters just need a hard surface to latch onto. So these reef balls basically just put hard surface on the bottom. So if there are areas that don't have an oyster bed or an oyster reef, the re we drop the reef ball in there and the oysters can just attach on and then it'll grow a reef. So oysters basically work. So there's a reef ball and then an oyster are set onto the reef ball. And they just keep building year after year after year until you have a, a reef. Um, so they're cool to build. You basically, you get a mold, the fiberglass mold, you put it together, um, you fill it with concrete, and then you hatch it, hatch the mold. So you take the mold apart and you have yourself a reef ball. So it they're, they're super cool to do. And CCA's initiative, of, I think in Calvert County, every single fifth grader has built a reef ball. Um, oh, wow really cool about it's a really awesome education tool and it's also a really good way to help the oyster population in the bay um so it's kind of a, a a super cool thing that we're doing but so we're i was just at the annapolis boat show building reef balls with people um so it was cool the public was stopping by and building reef balls and and it's really something that people of all ages can do as well so we had people as young as like five years old there who were helping swing the hammer and pouring concrete and we had people who were super old, as old as like 85, who were there and mixing concrete and taking pictures. So it is a, it's a cool experience to see, um, just to kind of everybody connect. Um, so it's, it's a cool way to help the Bay. So in brief, um, I know you're an intern and new to the uh, organization, but what is CCA? Um, so it's a organization like CBF. Um, so we focus on angling, on fishing, and conservation. So we really focus on education, conservation, and uh, getting the bay ready for like the future. Um, so a lot of people tend to think that the bay is here. We gotta use what we can now. We have to prepare for tomorrow almost. So uh, like on the side of we have reef ball trailers, and on the side of them they say. Uh, habitat for tomorrow so it's all about uh conserving our resources for 5 10 20 years in the future so we do lots of programs where we'll go to elementary schools and build reef falls with them 
Um, but we also do add we advocate for the Bay and stuff in more formal settings. Um, we talked about it briefly, but uh, you, you want to share your experience with uh, one of your more formal settings uh, representing the Bay? Uh, yeah, it was kind of cool. So last last winter, uh, I went to the State House um, and to to the Senate with the Chesapeake Bay Oyster Alliance. And that's where I kind of really got involved with CCA. Um, so I kind of went and I was kind of hanging around um, David Sikorsky, who's the executive director. And we went and I'd signed up to testify on a bill. There's a bill that was proposed um, that was going to open one of the sanctuaries on the Choptank River to harvest. Uh, so normally a sanctuary would be closed. So nobody's able to harvest any live oysters from there. But a few politicians wanted to open that sanctuary so the water maker could go in and harvest the oysters. And um, obviously that's not a very good idea if we're trying to add more oysters in the bay that are going to clean it, taking those protected oysters out of the bay isn't going to do great things for the Bay. So I went planning to testify on it, but actually there's so much pushback kind of the night leading up to it and a few days before that then the politicians ended up striking the bill. Um, so I didn't actually get to testify. So it was a win for the Bay, but it would have been a cool experience to actually like have gotten to be on the floor, but I still went and got to watch all, all the other guys from the Chesapeake Oyster Alliance kind of testify on other bills and stuff. So it was really interesting to see both perspectives, right? Because there you have guys from Chesapeake Bay Foundation, the Chesapeake Oyster Alliance, who are really talking on behalf of the Bay. And then you have watermen who are kind of just speaking from their experience um, and saying like, you know, we, we got to catch oysters to make a living. Like this is what our regulations need to look like. And C CCA guys and Oyster Alliance guys are saying like, no, we got to look 10 years in the future. So it was interesting to see that um that conflict almost and i think it's really hard to draw a line between conservation and a livelihood because if you yeah. go too far in either direction it's hard for both sides it's almost like the two worlds are colliding and um you know just trying to find that middle ground almost you know exactly so yeah, i like to say like everybody wants the same thing like whether you're a waterman whether you're working for the chesapeake bay foundation Everybody wants a clean bay with plenty of oysters, plenty of fish, plenty of crabs in it. So I think that's that's the common ground between everybody. It's that everybody wants a good bay. You're a young guy. How old are you? Uh, I'm 17, so I'm a senior in high school this year. Get the freak out of here. I knew you was young, but I did not know you were that young. Um, that's yeah, awesome, yep. first of all. Um, thank you. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's great. Um, so where does your passion come from? Like, how the heck? Like, how are you so passionate about the Chesapeake Bay that you really, um, at your age, have experience, but not really experience experience? Yeah. Um, so I kind of grew up around the water. I'm from Annapolis. So I would say it's kind of hard to grow up around here and not, like, have some interaction with the bay. Um, so my dad's a sailor, and he kind of got me into sailing when I was young. And then ever since then, I've just kind of grown into it and started fishing and started doing all this stuff. So that's kind of how I got into it. Um, so I got my parents, we, our first boat was a 17 foot Mako. Um, it was called Tortuga. And it was this old boat at a 88 um, horsepower Mercury, or no, 88 Evinrude Special on the back. And it was a super fun. I got to really just experience the bay um, from a young age. So I was pretty lucky in that fact. But since then, I've kind of just 
I picked up and ran with it. Um, so I've been I've been fortunate to be able to grow up having the, these experiences. I mean, because like we're talking about some serious topics, but for you, what's been like? I guess the most memorable experience on the water for you. Um, I was like the connections I've kind of made along the way. So I like that. Like now at this point, if anytime I go out in my boat pork chop, I can, it's pretty much impossible for me to get from the dock to Thomas point lighthouse without seeing somebody who's yelling, Hey, pork chop, what's up? So I think that that's really something that not a lot of people can experience on the bay. Um, so I think I'm pretty fortunate that I've been able to forge those connections from all sides of the bay. So I've, I can go out and see watermen who are working the water in the morning and fishing fishermen who are just casually fishing. And then I can see million dollar yachts who are from the yacht club who I've known and met around. So I think it's really cool to see all different aspects of life around. So you're, you're interning now, but where, I guess, where, where do you see your future? Cause you're still in school. So where do you see your future um, how does it relate to the Bay and how, you know, how to, what you're doing now? Uh, so I'm a senior this year, senior in high school. So next year I'm, I'm going to go to college somewhere. So right now I'm in the, um in the process of applying to colleges. So I've got my list and I'm applying. So I'm going to go and I plan to study environmental sciences in college. So I'll study that somewhere, preferably marine sciences, probably with a minor in photography um and so I'll go get a degree and then we'll see where I end up from there but that's like the the short-term plan <laughs> like when we first met it was at Jay Fleming's for um holiday party um and they were telling me about the things you were doing with uh delivering oysters can you tell me a little bit about that yeah so in in 2008 I think the DNR Department of Natural Resources started this program called the Marylanders Grow Oyster Program. And uh, through that, they, they would allocate funding and um, oyster shell to local nonprofits like uh, Chesapeake Bay Foundation and other stuff like that. And so they would give out these cages that are full of oyster shell, recycled shell that has spat. So baby oyster planted on the shell. Um, and they'd give them to locals around and they'd put them under their docks for the wintertime. And that basically just gave the young oysters a chance to grow up in a protected environment in shallow waters under somebody's dock. And then in the springtime, uh, people would bring the oysters back to CBF and then they'd go dump them on a reef around the bay somewhere. So it's a super good program because it gets the public involved. So most people would normally not have the chance to interact with oysters in like that kind of almost commercial way. Um, so in that sense, everybody gets involved. And I always like to say that somebody's not going to care or fight about something if they don't know what it is they're fighting for. So the fact that they can have that experience where they're out and getting dirty with the oyster cages uh, really gets people excited and interested in helping the bay. So what I kind of do is um, I go around my community every year. I get uh, this year, I have 40 oyster cages um, and I go and put them on people's docks who wouldn't normally be involved with oyster stuff. So kind of through me, they get to participate and in, in helping the bay. So I, it's cool to be able to interact with all those people and kind of teach them about the benefits of oysters on the bay. What are you fighting for, man? Uh, just the bay. I like I love going out on the bay. That's like if I've had a hard day, I go out on the bay. I go out fishing. Like I go out. I've been out. Today was my two hundred and twelfth day 
that I've been on the water this year. So like th- that's kind of my my peaceful place, my happy place. So just keeping that clean and healthy is is really the goal. You spoke a little bit about having um, some pushback from the politicians. Um, what message, if you could speak directly to them, what message would you give to um, kind of push them to your side or push them to see the way you see them? Um, I think that it's important that everybody on the bay, everybody always kind of makes it an issue of like this side's fighting this side. And that's really just not true. Um, usually it's just, there's something that somebody doesn't agree on and it gets blown out of proportion. So I think that it's, it's most important that everybody remembers that everybody wants the same thing. Everybody wants a healthy bay. Um, so you could be a waterman who's working the water six days a week, or you could be somebody who's sitting in their high rise apartment who just likes to look out at the water and everybody's going to want the same thing when no matter what side of the economy you're on, what side of the politics you're on, everybody wants a clean bay. Um, so I think it's important that everybody remembers that and that we're all fighting for the same thing. That's good, man. That's deep. Um, <laughs> it's crazy to think that you're 17, man. When I was 17, I think my biggest issue was, uh, dang, getting a low grade or something. You know, <laughs> really wasn't thinking about nobody else. I guess I was just thinking about, dang, I'm doing all this studying, but I'm not really getting any higher grades. Uh, but that's another <laughs> story. <laughs> um, Probably some. <laughs> right. Um, that's great. So how do you um, how do you tell your message or show your message to people who um, are don't really understand like oysters and you know what you're doing with that? I think one of the best ways. So I've recently in the past kind of year or so. I really got into photography. Um, so like you said, Jay Fleming, like he's been kind of a mentor for me and a few other guys around the Bay have kind of helped me get into that. So I think that that's been a really good way to tell a story. Um, so through behind, through the lens, you literally, you can tell a thousand words. You could get to show every aspect of the Bay. So like one of my favorite things to do is go out in the morning, like with the sun and just take pictures of the, of the watermen who are working the water. Um, because that really just shows the kind of the other side. So most people would never don't realize where their crabs are coming from or where their oysters are coming from. Um, so I think it's important that people see that and see how these guys work and see. I know a million boaters fly by all the crab pots every year, and I I don't I probably think half of them know what they are. Um, so I think it's it's cool to be able to tell both sides of the story. Um, so through the lens, I think that I've been able to do a pretty good job of that. And at this point, it's kind of I'm I'm out mo- enough mornings that most of the crabbers know me and they lo- they like seeing me pull up alongside them and take pictures. And I always send the pictures to them. So I think it's cool to be able to forge those connections on the water. And yeah, that's awesome, man. You're wise, man. You're, <laughs> you're really like wise, man. That's uh, what what do you what do your parents think about what you're doing? Uh, they think it's cool. They kind of were the ones who got me into it. Um, so when I was younger, they they actually started that Marylanders Girl Oyster Program, and they were kind of some of the, I think in 2011, they kind of joined it, and they got two oyster cages and put them off the dock. And so I, through the years, I've kind of just like taken over it. I was like always fascinated when I was younger. I remember walking out and pulling up the oysters and looking at them. And one year we had a blowout tide where the tides are super low and 
all because it's basically just a strong northerly breeze and a hard outgoing tide that make the water level drop super low. So uh, you could actually walk under the docks. Um, so I was out walking under the docks and my mom took a really cool picture when I was at, like 12 of me like standing under the docks, like messing with all the oysters and it's a, it's cool. So it's kind of been a lifelong passion that just has been fueled by some encouragement. <laughs> yeah. So how would you encourage parents to um, get the message to their, um, to their kids? Um, I think obviously not everybody's going to be as interested in it as I am. Like I know I have a younger sister. Um, she's three years younger than me and she's, she's, she loves the water and loves doing stuff, but she doesn't have the same kind of level of passion that I do. Um, so I think it's just, just give them the opportunity to go out and see oysters and learn about stuff. So, and I think some, some people will take to it. Any favorite photos? Um, I definitely have some favorites. I took one a few years ago, actually, actually last, last summer, I took it where I'm basically hanging over the side of the boat. It was with my iPhone. Um, so I was hanging over the side of the boat and it's like super choppy. There's like two feet, two foot waves and it said bloody point lighthouse. And so you see the lighthouse sticking up and then waves crashing all around it. And I got soaked, but it was super cool. Right. <laughs> so I definitely like that one. And then I always like the ones where you get the nice close up of the waterman, um, I have some good ones where there's a waterman with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and he's pulling crab pots and there's mud flying everywhere. And I think those are super interesting pictures that really tell a story. Have you uh, talked to any crabbers personally and got some like really cool stories? Anything you want to share? Yeah, usually. So whenever I go out, I usually end up, most of the guys on the water are pretty, pretty chatty. So I, I usually end up taking pictures and talking for 10 minutes and taking pictures and doing that for, for a few hours in the morning. Um, so there's lots of guys. Oh, yeah. Well, I want, I want to personally thank you, man, for um, <laughs> taking such huge steps at a young age um, when in these days and times that's not really seen a lot, you know. Um, so I personally want to thank you and uh, say I appreciate you what you're doing and I can only imagine you know what's in your future man you got a really really bright future ahead of you and uh I commend you and uh you know just keep going and stay positive and you know keep that negativity out by you know spending time on the water and and keeping that passion alive and just knowing what drives you you know what I mean and don't let yeah. people or other things cloud you know what's driving you you know so um where can people find you and uh you know follow the journey um on instagram i think i'm just fv pork chop and i'm on facebook as well uh my real name james Ronane. <laughs> so well again thank you so much and um i appreciate you and hopefully we'll be hearing from you soon with you know lots of updates and stuff yeah man it's good stuff and then i'll be hanging at a few uh restaurants in annapolis over over the course as well so i think in december i'll be hanging at metropolitan in annapolis and we'll have a reception there um it's a little holiday party <laughs> okay so. all right okay um again just keep us updated and i'll share it on uh so the oyster ninja pc uh, on instagram and i'll share it on ss truck and also all right yeah man yeah totally